Welcome to another episode of the Brain Food Show. This one is uh, a continuation of our series that is related to space and in lots of different ways. With last week, last, what did we talk about last week? I remember the Beastie Boys came up and then people pooping in dishes came up. Yeah, the uh, space DJs That's and the, right. yeah, the pillow knots and stuff. Oh yeah, we're going, we're going a lot more into the pooping in things on he this one. He doesn't love some poop talk. Yeah, last week we also mentioned it funny enough. But don't worry, we'll keep it professional. Yeah, this, one's, this one is a deep, deep dive into that, yeah, for science. Yeah, I think last week you teased that we're going to, that one of the things in today's episode took you through 171 pages of NASA transcripts while trying to solve a mystery that has something to do with poo. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll dive into all that. Look at all this stuff you've got to, looking for, to look forward to, listener. You know, this was great because, you know, mm. Kyle Carl likes to, Carl Smallwood, who we've had on before on the interview. He writes a lot for today, I found out, for people who don't know. But yeah, he loves the jokes. Now is a, now is a big YouTube channel of his own, Fact Fiend. Check it out. Yeah, now finally, um, yeah, fact fiend. Uh, so yeah, so he he loves the jokes, and and I I like when it, when it's appropriate, I I let him keep the jokes in and also try to add my own. And so this one we had a lot of fun with this one, uh, just because it was. I love how you have one appropriateness filter, and then like I'll be recording something for YouTube, and I'll be like, I do can't say that. <laughs> Carl Carl has like no filter whatsoever. And this is, is reflected on his fact feed. Yes, it is. And uh, and then I have like the filter of like where I can imagine the comments and I don't want to deal with them. So I'll be like, no, we're not going to say that. And then, you know, in yeah, YouTube, you got to have a sort of another layer of filter, which I do. I do go back through the articles and stuff when, I, when I'm doing and I do actually cut things out because I know YouTube's another level of filter that we need. There's also my face is like saying this and i'm like yeah uh, yeah I, I know carl carl doesn't mind this at all but i'm like no. i don't know some things are a bit too uh close to this, the line for me sometimes this yeah. is the beauty of fact fiend though as you get the unfiltered carl it's what it's for exactly yeah unfiltered carl smallwood but the same type of fact thing and it's 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 quite he's funny you should go anyone should go watch he's it. a it's very awesome. funny dude last week i think a lot of our follow-up focused on slavery uh, we talked mm. about, or, or not really slavery, kind of like, more like... Kind of a quasi... Quasi, multiple violations of the Geneva Convention, getting people to work on farms. One quarter of the agricultural work in the UK being done by German prisoners in 1960... 46. 46. 46, 46, thank you, obviously. Yeah. yeah, that would be weird if it was 64. It'd be like, <laughs> they really stuck around. <laughs> uh, so I, I had a bit of follow-up. This isn't actually from... I'd like to start with this one because I, 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 I've got, I don't know if it's a bone to pick, but because you were like, dude, a couple of episodes ago, there are, there are not good movies from games. You mm-hmm. were like, Prince mm-hmm. of Persia is the only one. Prince of Persia yeah. stands and even is that, the only one. It's not like an amazing movie. It's just one of those that's sort of entertaining to watch, like a, like a fun ride type of thing. It's not like, you know, super quality, but, you know, it's at least entertaining and like reasonably well acted and done. Yeah. So I went away. And I did some research and I came back with, uh, actually, at first I was kind of like, Damon's right. These are objectively not good movies. However, I'm going to contend that a couple of these are good movies. One of them you picked up on as well, Resident Evil. 2002? Yeah. Which is dumb and stupid, but it's also amazing. And I really enjoyed it's a, it. For, for what it is, that, that sort of horror action, it's, yeah. it's great. It's great for that. It's not, uh, yeah. Big evil corporation, the umbrella yeah. corporation. And I thought yeah. this was, yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not my best example. In fact, I got a couple more, which I didn't tell you about ahead of time. Dude, Tomb Raider with Angelina Jolie from 2000 and something. I like that. Yeah, 
I considered that one. I was also a teenage boy, so I probably liked it a bit more than I should have. Naturally, I considered that one, but it was like, it's just a little too corny, like in parts, I thought. But, but again, that is one that actually I actually have. It's one of my many sort of background movies that I have when I'm doing certain tasks that can, you know, divert my brain to something else. I'll have that and I do that. That is one I use quite often for just sort of in the background. And how about this? This is, I don't know because I've not actually seen it myself, but I think this will appeal to your sci-fi sensibilities. Tron. The, the original or the, the new one? Uh, either or. Was, what are you saying? Because this is, this might, this is going to ruin all credibility of myself. Is that movie, was it based on a game or did the game come after and it was a movie about a game? Okay, hold on. Now I'm now I'm going to lose all my credibility because I probably pulled these no. movies from a list from like uh, I don't know dodgywebsite.com of like you can movies still, that were from TV, uh, games. You could still argue that it is based on sort of the whole computer game idea and stuff, that, which I think works. And I, I was going to say the part that's going to ruin my credibility is the second Tron, the Tron Legacy, is actually one of my favorite movies of all time. I've not seen it. Like it probably in the top 20 and I know it's a stupid movie and it doesn't, the plot doesn't, it's got like five seconds of plot, a little bit similar to one we'll mention a little bit John Wick, uh, but I just, I like it. The music, the soundtrack is amazing and I'm always a sucker for movies that have amazing soundtracks. I do, I have listened to the Tron Legacy soundtrack a few times based on your recommendations. I've not seen the movie, it's a very good soundtrack. It's great, like when you're tired and you're trying to, you know, bog through 50 pages of some boring history textbook or something this like researching and this you put on the tron soundtrack just blast it in your ears and it just wakes you right up and you're good you know going okay i've done a little bit of digging uh yeah. i i have to apologize because for mm. one uh it, it well it, tron legacy was based on a game uh which was based on the original film yeah. tron but tron yeah. by walt disney pictures in 1982 was the one that kicked off yeah. the media franchise so it doesn't count yeah but tomb raider and resident evil are objectively bad yeah. films that I still think are good. Yeah, well, they, they, they've they passed the entertaining rubric or whatever. Is anyone arguing that Prince of Persia: Sands of Time is is an objectively good movie? No, I don't think so. I don't think I think it's an it's that entertaining. It's like an entertaining and you know reasonably well acted, and uh, even if you know elements of it don't really the plot isn't great, but you know it's it's just kind of an entertaining one, and I think that does. But technically, Resident Evil would be the first one because it was two thousand two, and Prince of Persia was two thousand ten. So yeah, I'd completely forgot about Resident Evil, which also to be fair, I, I was like 20 when I watched Resident Evil and I haven't watched it since. So my memory of it is like it was reasonably good, but I don't I don't really remember. I think I've seen most of the Resident Evil movies because I think there was a t- time where I'd just be like, mm, yeah, I'll go to the movies and see. I, I went to the movies a lot. Yeah. And I think yeah. it was, you know, back when I was single or whatever and it'd be like you could i I don't know just go to the movies by myself nowadays i've got Mm -hmm. to you know go to the movies and choose something that both parties will enjoy rather than like the zombie movie with the evil corporation where i should be like sure i'll go see that alone (laughs) but these are fun movies yeah like and that's the tron the tron legacy to speaking of the one of my favorite movies this is gonna kill some people too but my my second daughter is actually named cora i liked the name from the movie the the one of the main characters which you haven't seen the the is is named cora uh, and huh. spelled in a weird way, but uh, yeah. Did you take the word spelling as well? Yes, I did take the there word spelling, which is where everyone hates it. Everyone's like, really? But uh, no, my wife and w- I like What that. is the spelling? And let me it's guess. Like, uh, hang on, hang on, I see. What was the name? This Cora. this fits on multiple levels because okay. it's Q-U-O-R-R-A. Now go Dude. ahead and Google. Go, go, go ahead <laughs> and Google. Q-U-O-R-A. No, 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 no. No, go ahead and Google that and see okay. what comes up. Okay, okay. We've got to pick up the go, face Google. of this episode. I'm Googling right now. <laughs> yeah, I've yeah, got the Google. Cora Stone Company. 
Ooh, no, no. Memory Alpha. That's probably where I should be heading, right? Yeah. So, so, so spell it, spell it slightly off. Uh, remove, I believe, one of the R's. Well, this is a Star Trek reference. Remove, remove Q U O R A. Go with that one. So it fits. This one fits on multiple levels. Well, this is the place to answer the answer. The place to share knowledge and better understand the world. I love this website, yeah. by the way, Quora. Yeah, this is actually one of like like you have like Yahoo Answers and stuff, which is just, mm-hmm. Quora's like good Yahoo Answers. Yeah, it's like the one that actually is is reasonably accurate most of the time. I mean, not yeah. all the time, obviously, but but like um, Yahoo Answers, you can just assume whatever they say, whatever's said on there is wrong. Like in general, like this is actually one of the explicit rules to any of my authors. Like if you go, if you ever try to use Yahoo Answers as a reference, no. Just no, that doesn't work. I'm just going to automatically assume whatever is said there was false. There, there will be punishments. <laughs> Explicitly, I'm going to automatically think you're not a good researcher if you ever did that. Yahoo answers. Lose complete faith in you. But uh, so going back to the to the games, right? So um, mm-hmm. so you have Resident Evil 2002, but I think there's one that sort of counts that was before this and is amazing and almost no one has probably, oh, probably I know seen it. Is. You told me this before, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Wing Commander 4, The Price yeah. of Freedom, the computer game, 1996. And later, I know people are thinking, oh, what about that 1999 Wing Commander game, which was awful, like so bad. But no, no, go back and play Wing Commander 4, The, the Price of Freedom. And uh, first off, just th- just hear this list of actors who are in this in this game as they have, there's probably a couple hours of footage. Sorry, I'm I'm confused. I thought when we were talking about this before. This is the cutscenes for the game? Yeah, exactly. There's a couple hours of movie footage, basically, and, and well filmed, like and the special effects aren't that bad. And the actors in this, the actors in this, let's just start off number one, Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker is in good, this. Yeah. And he's the main character and does an amazing job. He's a good actor. So then you have uh so you have uh Jason Bernard, which uh, which, uh that's the guy from I wanna say uh, while you were sleeping, I think is one he's in. He plays Not the familiar. the boss. Um, he's Tom in a Wilson, lot of things. I know they. Everyone, pretty much everyone, I'm going to list here. If people want to Google, you would recognize their faces instantly. Uh, so yeah. Tom Wilson, yeah, Biff from Back Biff. to the Future. He's the, he's kind of Biff. the sidekick of the of the main. He goes by the maniac, and uh, yeah, there's his call sign in the in the thing. Uh, Malcolm, yeah, Malcolm McDowell, yeah, Malcolm McDowell's in this as a main character. Mm-hmm. John Reese Davies. John Reese Davies. Yeah. Second time John Reese Davies has come up on the podcast. Maybe yeah. the third, because I remember talking passionately about my love of sliders at some point. And then also he was in uh, Galaxy Quest, not Galaxy Quest. <laughs> That's that <laughs> movie with Tim Allen. Which is an amazing movie, by the way. Yes, it's it hilarious. Is. I thought it would be so bad. And so maybe my expectations were so low. But when I actually watched it Absolutely once when on delivers. vacation, and it is it's so funny. He's like, take her out. And the, the guy at the helm's like, I have no idea how to take her out. It's like, they base it off your finger movements. Just do what you do in the TV show. <laughs> Amazing, <laughs> or the or the uh, the uh, character which uh, Sigourney Weaver, of course, is just fitting for this. But she also plays the character whose job it is just just to repeat what the computer says. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I got to see this movie again. Okay, so lots of famous actors. About uh, you, you were saying, there's enough. They could. You think they could cut Wing Commander the game, Wing Commander for the Price of Freedom, into a movie. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, an amazing movie, and um, oh, it's, we got some more. Uh, Mark DeCascos, I'm not quite sure how to do, but he's uh, he's in a ton of movies. You'd recognize him instantly if you saw his face. But he's also in the upcoming John Wick Three. Okay. Um, he's in that. Uh, Francois Chow, where he plays Doctor Chang from Lost, is mm-hmm. where people probably remember oh. him from. Yeah. Uh, so we got uh, John Spencer from um, you know recognize him, Leo McGarry from West Wing, oh. uh, that character. 
Yeah. This is a good, yeah. this is quite the roster. Yeah. Richard, Richard Ryle, I think Ryle is maybe the, how you pronounce his name. He's the, he's the office space, the jump to conclusions guy. And he's also in a lot of other stuff, but that's probably where people would recognize him. You know, the, the guy who gets, uh, backs out his car and the thing and he's, he's makes the jump to conclusions, Matt. Is that office space? Totally office space. The movie, right? Yeah. With the, uh, fill out the, the, the D24 thing and. The, yeah, the, yeah. DPS reports. Yeah, Office Space. Yeah, that one. He's the he's the guy who's like makes he, his idea. He gets fired, obviously, and he's going to kill himself. So he backs out and he gets hit by a car, and then he gets a big settlement. And he's like, "Lucky oh, me." Yeah. Now, okay, and this so is ringing bells. This then he makes bells. the jump to conclusions, Matt. But he's he's in a ton of other stuff. So there's there's him. Uh, yeah, just a ton. Like everybody in there's a big name actor that you would recognize, yeah. <laughs> and they have a couple hours of footage. Is great script, great story. Everything is great. It is just a thousand times better than the 1999 Wing Commander movie which was kind of based loosely <laughs> off this Wing Commander 4. Did any of these people appear in Wing Commander the movie? I don't think so. And the acting in Wing Commander movie was awful. I think the Wing, if I remember correctly, the Wing Commander actually kind of combined Wing Commander 3 and Wing Commander 4, the games, to make, to base it. And it was so bad. But if they'd adjust... How does, how does Luke Skywalker think, I'll appear in, you know? I'll do this yeah. computer game, but I'm it was quite a big, big budget at the time. And I mean, I don't know. He was doing a lot of voice acting at the time. So maybe he was get his face back on the screen or whatever. He's the main yeah. character. And it's even it's even got this great scene. Like the end of the game is not like this great battle or anything like that, as you might think. It literally is this thing where he's in the uh, sort of the, um, the Senate type building for the for the you know Federation of Planets or whatever they called it. I, I can't remember now. Uh, and so you have John Reese davies as the head of this. And he has to sort of argue against going to war. And it's like this cool, like dramatic scene, yeah. uh, you know. Uh, where he, where that's that's the thing, and uh, against the Malcolm McDowell character, who's who's the bad guy, it's a great great scene where they're just kind of like sparring with words, and that's the end of the game, like the thing, and it's really well acted and well good script, everything. So that was sort of a great movie, but also just a game. I'm sorry they disappointed you. Must have been crushed in 1999. I was. I thought I was very excited about this movie, and that I should have, you know, known it would be bad by based on the actors that were they cast for the role. So um. Do you want to do any more follow-up or should we just move into the main content? I suppose we could, I don't know, we're already some time in. Do you want to do reviews at the end today? Where are we going to just skip them and do next time? Let's do it. But do remember we have a competition. Uh, if you want yes. to leave us a review once we get 200 reviews. On iTunes. On iTunes, but leave a review on any platform because they all count. Uh, wait, I shouldn't say that because there's probably like a billion different small podcasting apps. The big guys, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, uh, CastBox. Spotify. Spotify. Can you leave reviews on Spotify? Is that a thing? I would think so. I haven't actually I checked. Don't. You can't for music, yeah. at least as far as I'm aware. Anyway, all of that good stuff. And uh, yeah, we're giving away a $200 Amazon gift card to one yeah. person from those 200 reviews at random. So if you already left a review, you're in for free. How great is that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and also we're doing a social media one where you just have to say something. You could say like an interesting <laughs> fact we say, just repeat it. And just uh, you just have to use the hashtag the brain food show or brain food show and we will find it and uh, put enter you in the contest. After we get a few hundred of those, we will we will go ahead and draw a winner. I'd like to see if anyone can trump our uh, movie suggestions. If anyone can come up with a yeah. game or even suggestions, I reckon that we could get some good. I'd like to see suggestions for games that would actually make a good movie. I was trying to think of that, but I, I got none. Yeah, and any we missed, like that we might have missed, and uh, yeah, what anyone who's played Wing Commander for the Price of Freedom? Am I totally off base here, or was that just an amazing game movie? That's what we're looking at. Hashtag brain food show. Uh, we'll be watching it on Twitter. Let's move on to uh, astronauts defecating. 
So how do astronauts go to bathroom in space? And we're going to meander a little bit on this one to tell some funny we stories are? and we're things. Gonna meander? Yeah. No, but like, like in, a, in a very focused way this time. Now, before NASA, this was even a problem. People were asking NASA already, and uh, what, how, how, are, how are you going to solve the whole going to bathroom in space problem Like when, once you get people up there? But NASA didn't really think this would be a problem. They weren't really planning for it uh, initially. I mean, I'm sure they were long-term thinking about the issue. But when Alan Shepard was first, you know, strapped to the candle, as he, as he said, uh, mm-hmm. you know, his famous little light this candle. Light this candle. Uh, yeah, a uh, line on, he was strapped to it. They, they weren't really thinking about it because it was just going to be, what was it? Uh, it was just going to be a 16-minute flight. Right. So they, he was he was just in his little spacesuit thing. Uh, but the problem was, so there had already been uh, tons of delays. He was supposed to be the first you know, person human in space. But then uh, the delays uh, ended up mounting up. And so then uh, Yuri Gagarin, Gagarin, there we go. Uh, so he, he ends up winning the, the, the race there. So there you have Alan Shepard. He's strapped there. And for four hours, he's just sitting there as delay after delay is happening. And he eventually he has to go pee. Like he's just a thing that needs to happen. And he's like, well, what do I do? Um, you guys need to just, yeah. And he gives his little light this candle uh, famous line to just let's get this mission going. You know, yeah. he didn't even care at this point. But they were like, all right. Well, so as he's sitting there waiting, his bladder is full. And they're like, well, uh, you can either A continue to hold it or b just wet yourself hold it until what i mean yeah at the launch of that thing the physical stress on your body yeah i don't think this would be a good idea <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't want to do that because i mean you can technically and certain severe enough if you're strapped in the right way you get severe enough accidents you can burst your bladder oof, um, that's oof. a thing that can and that's that's a fatal thing quite often um just because you get all that stuff circulating around in your body not good. Right, yeah. If you really need to pin, if you're in a car accident. Yeah. I mean, it's not like it's not like a thing that I don't think it's a thing that happens a lot, but I do know it happens because my brother's a paramedic and he has mentioned that is a thing that sometimes does happen. Burst bladder? Scott has ha- seen this? Yes, he has seen this. I don't think it's super common, but it is a thing that can happen. I feel happen. like we'd have heard about it a bit more if like burst bladder was a thing. It's like, oh, John, why are you in hospital? Burst bladder. Classic. Well, yeah, they, they would. I think if this was like a thing that happened a lot, they would be like, never have a yeah. full bladder like stop and go to the bathroom yeah. um, but i don't i don't think it's quite that severe of an issue but it can happen uh in the right circumstances so anyway so he's he's sitting there and they just he, he decides to pee basically mm-hmm. there, there was some concern because the problem is he's got all these biosensors like hooked up to him and they were like well this might short it out and this might give you a little shock too if like things short out in a certain way so let's unplug those you're gonna pee you're, you're gonna wet yourself and then we'll plug them back in and hopefully they'll work. And they plugged them back in. They did not work. Uh, so that that was bad because they, I mean, part of the thing was to study what would happen to the human body as he's doing this. So, mm-hmm. you know, they lost out on some of that. But so here he is. Here he is. The first American in space, this glorious, like written down in history, second human <laughs> in there. And he's just, he, he does it while soaking in his own urine. Oh, uh, lovely. Yeah. It's a good time. Now we have moving on. So now NASA's like, all right, now we actually do need to think about this. Uh, so you have Gus Grissom's uh, Mercury Redstone 4 mission, which is on uh, July 21st, 1961. And they their, their solution to this problem was to give him what amounted to basically two layers of rubber underwear. Okay, so I was reading about this before like we got into the show today and i'm trying to work out like how did the logistics of this work i assume his his penis would stick between the two layers and then he would just if he needed to go he would go and and they were the idea was most of the liquid would be trapped between the two rubber layers and then that would be kind of protected from the sensitive electronics and you know so it's not quite as bad as just wetting yourself 
Um, and so this is this was their their ingenious solution, which was not a good solution. No. Uh, they they got better. They got better though. Yeah. Uh, so 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 when you have John Glenn moving on to John Glenn becoming the first American to orbit. Yeah. Uh, so they so he had the, the by the way hour just, just as a side note here I very recently saw Hidden Figures for the first time which does deal oh, with yeah? this period of history have you seen this oh, I haven't but uh, yeah I've heard it's movie. quite good you'd you'd yeah. like this yeah yeah I've heard it's it's quite good um, but yeah so he's a four hour plus Mercury Atlas six mission on February of 1962 and so what he did was they say they basically came up with this sort of sealed system that was essentially like a condom like device that would stick on but open ended and so then it would attach to like a bag a so really then effective condom yeah 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 he uh, so he would just pee in it and this this sort of system had already been around and so it's it's weird that they didn't just automatically use this in the first place cuz like yeah. um so like air force pilots and things had had used similar systems but in this case they sort of modified it so that it would just be stuck permanently on like until the mission was done then it could take it off so it wasn't something you know you well, with just shepherd's use. thing he wasn't supposed to be on the on the launch pad for so long was he, he no was, it was no. supposed to be a much quicker thing so they probably thought yeah. he'll be up he'll be down no because yeah, it's very even, short even then delays happen you know with things like weather and things they have to wait out or you know technical True. things so i don't know it seems like an easy thing to just kind of pop on but uh, and then right, yeah, when they, they got in the fighter jets moving to the rubber underwear thing like why why did they why did they have yeah, that interim why go step to that why, why yeah yeah why not just sort of have this modified thing that was just kind of designed to stay on and then okay. they could go to pee if they needed to or whatever so um it sounds uncomfortable but I'd yeah not the rubber underwear not great thing. and this is this is a theme like even today that astronauts do not like the way they have to go to the bathroom in space it's just <laughs> not a it's not a good time like, there's got to be a reason right rather than putting on some like weird condom peeing device why not just have like a high pressure, like you pee in the rough direction of something and then there's just extremely yeah. high pressure. I guess that's quite dangerous. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll get into that in a bit because they do have, when, when we're talking about what they do in like the spaceships themselves, it is something like that we'll get into. But, um, okay. and yes, that that pressure thing is is a potential issue um, oh, uh, as, we'll, as we'll talk about. Glad to see it picked up on that. Yeah, so uh, as, as things advanced and people were spending mm-hmm. more and more time in space, so he brings us to the sort of the Apollo 11 astronauts. By this time, they had sort of, I'm not going to say perfected, but they had a better system. So they had the uh, urine and fecal containment system that was worn on, by the astronauts in their in their spacesuits, right? So they would, uh, and again, this was for the front. It was basically like the condom-like device yeah. that would stick on in there. And in the, the back, back. in the back, literally, this was a bag that had adhesive around the edge that you would just to your butt and then you put on your little spandex over that and that that was their solution at this point well that sounds horrible <laughs> yeah this is not this is not good when you're and then again this is when you're in the spacesuit so in the spaceships they did something different which we'll talk about now because now we're going to get into the uh the teased apollo 10 mission mm-hmm. and and talk about um some stuff that happened there so uh, sort of officially, like, what was the point of the Apollo 10 mission? Uh, 1969 was it was just a dress rehearsal for the for the Apollo 11. They literally were going through all the same stuff except for actually landing on the moon. But they also took the lem out, you know, partially come down to the moon and then just brought it back up. They didn't land, and it was kind of funny because NASA actually specifically, I mean, astronauts are known to be a bit roguish and do oh yeah, what they, what want. they landed yeah. So NASA was worried that that Thomas Stafford and Eugene Cernan, Kernan, what do you think, Cernan, Kernan? I'd say Cernan, but I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. Cernan, they, they were worried that they would just go ahead and land because they could. They had all the yeah, stuff. Yeah, they got all the gear. They didn't give them enough fuel to actually land. That was the thing. So they were like, did no, they you will Did they just not tell them? 
Yeah, uh, they they did not. They did not. So if they landed, they would not have enough fuel to go back up. So they gave them enough to do their mission, but no more because wow. they were worried that they would just go ahead and be, ah, we're here. We got all this stuff. Let's just go down. Yeah, um, so, get ready to be made one of the most famous people in history. Now who's yeah. Thomas Stafford, but who hasn't heard of Neil Armstrong? Yeah, um, and just a just a quick aside to the aside there. The uh, interesting thing about these Lem engines, uh, because of the way they were designed, what they were Lem? kind of lunar. Uh, yeah, lunar module. Okay. Uh, yeah, so they the the type of fuel they used was really corrosive. And uh, yeah, so it was such that it would kind of burn out the engine once it was done. Like it, it, I've you heard about this, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they couldn't test fire it. I mean, obviously they tested the yeah, engine yeah, design, yeah. but but in the actual lem itself, the engines each time had never actually been fired. So it was a it was, so you have this thing built, you know, by the cheapest contractors and everything <laughs> that's built. And they're just assuming, yeah, it, you, normally they would test all this stuff before they actually use it in the live thing. And then they would go over and make sure it's still, everything's still functional. But in this case, they were not fired until they actually went to go, you know, land on the moon and uh, and do that. So it was just kind of trusting that, the, you know, That's there was nuts. no manufacturer just, error. Can you imagine pressing that button? You'd be like, please, 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 please. <laughs> yeah, hopefully this works. Uh, but uh, speaking of that, when they when they were testing this to try to try to see about, you know, the not real landing, but the fake landing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they ended up uh, putting something in the computer wrong. They put the duplicate commands into the flight computer, and this caused the the lem to start spinning almost out of control. And because of this, uh, they actually got to the point where they were just a few revol- revolutions away from from basically the system being uh, the the situation being unrecoverable. Um, so they would have just crashed into the moon. Uh, but wow. they did recover kind of at the last minute uh, with the fuel they had and everything. Um, that must be super intense. Yeah, but and it was all just because they put in duplicate commands into the flight computer and that didn't work out. So, um, but they ended up, you know, they were fine in the end. That's not how you want to be the first man on the moon. No, that wouldn't be good. A mangled corpse of an astronaut. Yeah, coming back to the Apollo 10 mission. So, why are we talking about this in relation to that? Besides the fact that we are going to talk about the specific way they would go to the bathroom in. Yeah, we got to bring this back around to poop at some point. Yeah, in the space shuttle, there was there was an incident aboard the Apollo 10 that no one ever talks about. And it, it's noteworthy uh, to this current discussion because it was when suddenly during the mission they're orbiting the moon and all of a sudden a couple pieces of poop out of nowhere are just floating around the the module that they're all, the command module for several minutes. And so yeah, this, this happened on the sixth day of the Apollo 10 mission uh, as they were orbiting the moon. And uh, so the NASA has very detailed transcripts of everything that's happening here and uh the first person to notice it was the commander Tom, the commander Tom Stafford, before mentioned, mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah, uh, John Young was the other one, and then the, the Eugene Thurnan. So yeah, Stanford, uh, Stafford uh, initially notices the the floating poop, and he exclaims, "Oh!" Quickly followed by the amused, "Who did it?" <laughs> yeah. like, um, you, you may is a tiny quote. Simon can read this one. <laughs> Yeah, so the next crew member, uh, Young, notices as well. He let out a, where did that come from? <laughs> yeah, as the, as the fecal matter slowly was in his eye line. And then, oh. um, yeah, Cernan was the last to, to see it. And uh, he was alerted by, by Stafford. And uh, Stafford also at the same time uh, happened to just, you know, it was on uh, alerted uh, ground control by saying, quite matter-of-factly, give me a napkin, quick. There's a turd floating through the air. <laughs> And one thing uh, to be to be clear here, if you read through these NASA transcripts, yeah. they are not the TV friendly type. Like they swear constantly. They they say very inappropriate things constantly. <laughs> it's quite amusing, um, you know, when they're. I mean, it's all recorded, but it's is not everything like, they're saying recorded. So like even when they're like, going yeah, to the bed transcripts. And like, 
Yeah, the wow. transcripts. Anytime they're talking to not, I don't think everything they're saying to themselves. Like they don't, they can turn off the uh, the communication with ground okay. control and everything. But everything with ground control is recorded, and quite a lot of the stuff between themselves uh, when they are mic'd up and everything. Uh, but not everything, as you'll see. There is one thing uh, that uh, when we were attempting to solve the mystery of who done it, there is one thing that's not um, recorded. Um, but... Ah, so of course this is the aforementioned uh, 171 pages of NASA transcripts. Yeah, we spent a lot of time on this one. This is followed in the transcript. They have like their stifled laughter, and it doesn't say who's laughing um, in the thing. So what does it say? It is like square brackets. Laughter. <laughs> yeah, just laughter and giggling. A lot of that, and it's not really clear who because they're all kind of doing that. So then, <laughs> so... the stenographer or whatever you call it, taking the notes yeah. down at like. Uh, in Houston. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then Cernan, uh, sort of uh, heroically and with no regard for his personal safety, then he grabs, he grabs a plastic bag and grabs the poop out of the air. And this seems like the end of the thing, right? But it's not. I like the fact that in our notes here, you bolded with no regard for his personal safety. <laughs> this, this, <laughs> this is extremely dangerous after this lunar module just like oh, yeah, you're always random, spinning off and well, crashing you know, into the moon. Grabbing <laughs> random grabbing random poof out of the air is not uh oh, no, not, it's a, not, not a good thing. Not even if you got the plastic bag, you know, it's not pleasant. I tell you what, man, I don't have a dog, but I once picked up my uh when yeah. I was a kid and my cousin was a few years younger than me and we went for a walk with his damn dog and that thing took a dump in the park. I was the older kid who ended up having mm. to pick this thing up in a yeah. plastic bag. It is an experience I will never forget. It, yeah, and this was yeah. a big dog. And this was a big poo. It yeah. was not fun. You feel like yeah. it's... I'm not going to describe how I felt, but it's... Uh, let's move on. So, yeah, so normal mission tasks, they resume. But mm -hmm. then uh, shortly thereafter, a second bit of fecal matter comes floating along oh, and then prompting another all of them again they start denying it this wasn't me i don't know where this came from uh, and stafford actually it was insists, one of us for sure we know that yeah yeah stafford actually insists at this point his poop was stickier than the one currently enjoying its uh freedom in the in space stafford man come on yeah and long information yeah young likewise asserted that his uh he his he stated his hit the bag and this is where we're going to now talk about the actual bagged system how okay. they do this oh okay this is okay i got it this is how we're yeah it's all it's all tying together yeah <laughs> it's all coming together very nicely yeah. structured by the way well done yeah thanks this this one took a, lo a long time so going back here so the bag here is referring to essentially how they did it there was when they pooped they had a bag high tech high tech guys oh no you wrote decidedly low tech <laughs> Yeah, no, and this, this, we have the exact procedure here written as outlined in the Apollo Experience Report. Oh, wow. crew, okay. crew Provisions and Equipment Subsystem is published by NASA in March of 1972. And the exact procedure for, for, you know, going was as follows. To use the FCA, the Fecal Collection Assembly, the crewman attaches the outer fecal bag properly and proceeds with fecal elimination. Upon completion of the action and subsequent sanitary cleansing, the tissues and refuse are placed in the inner fecal amesis bag. The crewman then removes the germicide pouch, cuts the outer protective seal, and places it in the inner bag. Finally, all items are placed into the outer fecal bag. The bag is sealed. The germicide pouch is ruptured by hand pressure. The bag is kneaded. Oh. That ugh, wasn't part of the quote. And uh, the contents are stowed in the waste storage compartment. Nothing has proved more effective than the current system, which has proved adequate for all flights, although the crewmen have expressed a dislike for it. Yeah, no kidding. They're kneading their poo. Yeah, to get it nice and worked in, get that germicidal pouch. So if, if your people are wondering why they, why they did that, they were particularly looking to kill uh, as many microbes as they could in it, because if you didn't, uh, so you have this sealed bag and then you have oh, the, the poop. 
Yeah, eventually huh. the gases uh, swell and it can burst the bag. Wow. But NASA had a backup just in case they did uh, burst a bag and make a, as Carl put it, a fecal grenade. They planned for the contingency, yeah, as noted in another report. If any fecal bags were to rupture during the mission, the waste stowage compartment could emit fecal odors. Therefore, a bladder and an overboard vent system have been placed in the compartment. The system contains a 215-micron filter, a check relief valve, and a vent valve to the urine overboard dump line. During boost, the waste stowage vent valve is opened to purge nitrogen wastes from the crew compartment. A check valve vents into the crew compartment at differential pressure of 2 psi. After the vent valve has been closed during a mission, the check valve vents if ruptured fecal bags create a pressure of 2 psi. Then the crewman alerted by the fecal odor can position the waste stowage valve to vent the odor overboard at periodic intervals. So, the way they're alerted to the problem is smell? Well, that's just, this is that, is to try to get that right. Yeah, so they put it in this little compartment, and so if it bursts, then it ends up uh, raising the, the the pressure inside the compartment, and then so it'll automatically start venting. But then later they have to manually vent it just to keep the whole interior of the thing. Which that's one thing about those space those spacecraft and stuff that they use smelly. The ISS super smelly. Like this is a thing, and you just get used to it. You know, like you when you have yeah, humans yeah, yeah. in a closed environment, even with the filtration, it's gonna get smelly and sweaty and uh, not a good time. But, you know, you get used to it pretty quick if you're if you're there, supposedly. Uh, it's just when you first open the doors and you're like, oh, yeah, there's that that good smell. Yeah, I never thought about that. They yeah. don't, like, occasionally make them all get in spacesuits and then <laughs> just open the door and be like, I'm just yeah. going to flush everything else. Stop yeah. again. Yeah, so this this is the thing. It's not known how this poop, because this, this poop in question had to have escaped the bag, but also the compartment. So it probably never got in the bag in the first place, and the astronaut just somehow misfired, you okay. know, in, into the bag, thinking. And so, yeah, uh, it's not quite known how how this happened. But then we, uh, nobody knew, nobody knew who did who did this. So this is where Carl and I spent a couple days doing research to try to figure out who done it and, and? whose poop who, who whose poop was this. So we 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 went through the 171 pages along with some other stuff that we'll get into. Uh, to try to try to solve the the mystery, um, so what did we find? <laughs> All three crew members denied it was theirs, um, even during it and in the aftermath. Uh, the most adamant was uh, was Stafford, who who um, as as noted said his was more sticky than the ones uh, are, that were around, or as I love this as Carl succinctly put it, a bold but otherwise fine tactic in the who smelt it. Delta game. <laughs> yeah, then Cernan and Stafford also talked about going to the bathroom, but interestingly, Young, Young never did in the transcript. Uh, he never said, like, hey, I'm going to the bathroom. Like, this is something if you go back a ways on that day. They do note, uh, you know, a couple times going to the bathroom, but Young does not ever say this. So that was significant. However, during the second turd incident, which mm -hmm. uh, I don't remember who, who who said this, but it was uh, turd gate and turd gate to the reckoning. Oh, probably, probably Carl. Sounds like Carl. Yeah, uh, so Young Young did not did note in response to one of Stafford's assertions that uh, mine was stickier than that when Stafford said that he said it was too it hit the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Young here is saying that he did. This would imply that he did go to the bathroom, even though it's not in any of the transcript anywhere. Uh, so he also apparently all three of them pooped. Was the point? They're all three okay. suspects. Uh, but yeah, he likewise asserted his stuck to the bag. Um, so if we're to believe Young and Stafford, it would seem to rule them out because they had the, the stickiness and the full bag and everything. And this this current poop that they were gathering up was not sticky, apparently. 
So it seems like Cernan's our man, right? He's the third. Yeah, they both they both thought it was Cernan. So at least as far as the as as far as the transcript reveals, this also seems to be perhaps the case because Cernan was the last one to go poop. As far as we can tell, of course, as noted, Young did not note when he went to the bathroom, but at least as far as the transcript notes, it was Cernan that was last. And the other thing is, is the Cernan, uh, his expulsions were particularly noted to be not smelly. Um, And so you would think if it was escaped early on, it would be not smelly um, because you would notice much quicker then. This, this again points it to him. And it's also noted that during the second incident, uh, while Cernan did state, Here's another goddamn turd. What's the matter with you guys? <laughs> so yeah, so he thought the other two were to blame, but then they, of course, uh, did their, their mind was sticky, you know, thing. Yeah. And then Cernan, Cernan then backtracked a little stating, I don't know whose that is. I can neither claim it nor disclaim it. Oh, yes. okay, Cernan. Now here, yeah. we're, here we're coming to some conclusions. Yeah, he's maybe not so certain here of whether he was. He's he's knowing he's he was seemingly the last person to do it. And then he laughs. He gives a chuckle in the thing it's recorded. But unfortunately... <laughs> Very importantly, what sort of laugh is that? Yeah, exactly. The like, transcript. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, was it, was it, yeah, like you're saying, like a nervous little chuckle or was he like laughing because he's like, uh, yeah, this is just completely absurd because you have, you literally have three human beings orbiting around the moon of all places, like 200,000 miles or so from Earth mm-hmm. in one of the most expensive pieces of, you know, engineering and advanced pieces of engineering ever constructed by mankind. And they have like poop floating around themselves. Yep. Uh, this is just a hilarious situation. So was he just laughing at the absurdity or was it like you're saying, it's like a nervous little, <laughs> yeah, it was probably me, but I'm not going to admit it. And the, there's, there's a whole lot of ways that that line from the transcript could be read, like uh, the reading it blankly. The, I don't know whose that is. I can neither claim nor disclaim it. It's kind of like, yeah, you could, it could be like, I don't know whose that is. I can neither claim nor disclaim it. Like I can neither confirm nor deny but it's mine. <laughs> yeah, but we all know. We all know I did yeah. it. We um, all know what's up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they, uh, yeah. So then, uh, not being satisfied, there we look. We then dug a little deeper, and we found the 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 Apollo missions, as we mentioned. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if it was this episode or last, where the um, they actually measured the fecal matter that came out of the astronauts that was stored, like when they got back. Yes. And yes. so then they, this is public record. You can go look it up, like see how much they pooped, um, and what the mm-hmm. weight and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and we looked at that, and unfortunately, wow, this did not... taking at NASA is... is yeah, uh, it's insane, the, the records they keep. Um, and, uh, and a lot of it's just online, uh, freely available for you to go search and read. Um, so yeah, and they did not, uh, they didn't, this did not reveal much. It wasn't, there wasn't enough of a difference, like one person didn't have, you know, or had significantly less poop than the others, unfortunately, because that would have, you know, maybe pointed the finger a little bit, because they're all eating the same thing. But it seems like it was probably certain, and he seems to be, he was the last person... He had the, the, it seemed like he wasn't so sure, you know, after the other two said they were stickier, he said his did not smell. This was uh, specifically in the transcript where he noted that his, his poop wasn't very smelly that time. Is Cernan still alive? I know these, uh, these early astronauts are in their, in their eighties these days. Yeah, they're all really old, but there's actually a surprising amount of them that are still alive, which may, I don't know, maybe is not surprising because they were all in great shape. It's not surprising given that they are physical specimens. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, pa- oh, he passed away very recently, last year. Oh, that's too bad. Lived to the ripe old age of 82. Oh, yeah. So then we, 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 we did note the, um, so Young's fecal emissions, they, they were absent from the transcripts. Why were they absent? Everyone else's was there. And so there was a Carl, Carl suggested perhaps some tampering from NASA to, uh, to protect one of its most accomplished astronauts. 
Wait, what does he mean by his fecal emissions were decidedly absent? Like, he had to log when he was... Well, you, they talked about it and they're like, hey, oh. I'm going to go I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick. You know, they would say stuff like this and it was all recorded and everything and written down. So they just... That'd be awesome if you had looked at the transcripts and it was just like that redacted. <laughs> this is great. Like, really, go read these transcripts of these missions. Uh, they're long. Like I said, I mean, this is one day of transcripts, like 171 pages. Wow. But it's so interesting to just see, read their day-to-day conversations because, it, one, they're wildly inappropriate all the time and swearing every two seconds and just kind of like they're joking around as they're as they're going on. But it's just fascinating to read uh, they, what they were talking about and things as they're working. There are things like this that come out like through freedom of information requests or when like in discovery, like if someone's taken to court and they're like, like I remember when Bernie Madoff, the thing was going on mm-hmm. and all of his, you know, credit card statements and everything became public record and all of his family as well. And it was just like, there'd be website, there'd be news articles and it'd be kind of like, let's have a look at like Bernie Madoff's son credit card statement from May. And it'd be like, okay. Mm-hmm. And you can see like everything he spends money on. It's just like a fascinating glimpse into the life mm-hmm. of this like random mm-hmm. billionaire dude or like son of a billionaire who, you know, just to get it because you don't normally get to see this. And yeah, it's like, yeah. So he went out for like lunch for $2,000 and then he returned some socks to Macy's. And it's like, yeah. what's up with that? Just this fascinating like glimpse that you don't normally get. So, so yeah, this is, uh, this is, uh, we, we concluded, I mean, so you did have Stafford was the first smeller is the feller rule. Uh-huh. Does this extend here? But, uh, but yeah, it's, it seems like certain that's what, that's what we decided. It was probably certain it was, it was his boop that was floating around in the, in the, the command module there with them as they were and this doing, orbiting the moon. Dedicated in memory of Cernan. <laughs> in memory and his poop. His probable poop, I should say. We just thought that was kind of a fun fact. And this is like the thing today I found out. The Brain Food Show. It's fun facts. It is what we do, isn't it? I like It's like the when you're in a cocktail party, you need something interesting to say to kind of, you know, you got those little circle of conversation. You want to inject yourself. Be like, hey, guys. Yeah. Bring no it up. Ten. Cernan poop. <laughs> I got a story for you. And when you're at those cocktail parties, don't forget to tell people where you heard that fact. The Brain Food Show. Leave us a review on iTunes. <laughs> the, yes, during the 1980s, they did uh, um, upgrade these the spacesuit mm-hmm. uh, bathroom system. So before they had, again, uh, coming, coming back, they had the condom-like device in the back stuck to their butt, like literally just mm-hmm. like taped their butt kind of thing. That is a weird thing. I gotta look up some... No, I don't. I don't want to look up pictures of that. <laughs> Instead... They yeah. now go with, this is what they have uh, since about the 1980s and to today even, they go with what they refer to as the maximum absorbency garments, which are just diapers. They're diapers. They call them maximum absorbency garments, but it's, it's really just a diaper. But that sounds cooler when, you know, NASA always has cool name for things. Get your mag on. We're going out for a spacewalk. Yeah, exactly. It's a mag. Uh, that's what they, they do. And so uh, funny enough, the, the company that makes these diapers, the Absorbencies was the company name. They went out of business a long time ago. But NASA, in preparation for this, when they when they knew, they ordered several thousand of these diapers mm. so that they could still, and they still use them, and they still have a good stock uh, of a couple thousand, I think, uh, for future missions. And so these, these diapers are basically... Um, I mean, it's a diaper, That's it, but it's got a special uh, sodium polyacrylate powder in it, which is super absorbent. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's also very lightweight. And uh, so, yeah, it'll absorb all the liquid in like an eight to 12 hour, you know, spacewalk. Wow. Spacewalks are eight to 12 hours? Yeah, I think they're more like eight usually, but uh, wow. or, I mean, they can be out no eight. But, um, yeah. In uh, the movies, they always pop out for like five minutes. No, because it's like a big deal just to get into the suit in the first place takes forever and oh. getting out of the suit. And this is like a, a whole ordeal. They want to, you know, send them out there and not wow, have Hollywood's to. Hollywood's not doing that justice. 
Yeah, well, in Hollywood, they just slip on the suit. <laughs> Can you imagine? We need to go outside and fix the radar. Okay, well, begin the four-hour process of getting <laughs> yeah. the suit, Jeff. Exactly. It's, it's, a, it's quite an ordeal. And, uh, and so, yeah, they don't just hop into the suits and, and go out. Um, but so, yeah. They always do the movies like, quick, get your helmets on. We're going to lose pressure. It's like, uh, yeah. realistically, it's going to take us a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is, this is not. Uh, yeah. So they, this, this, um, this works. These diapers work for, for these sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But there is the problem of NASA has begun thinking about what about long term? What about on these Mars missions? What if something goes wrong? What if they... What if the astronauts need to be in their spacesuits for several days at a time? This diaper solution is really not going to work. Um, so the, to get around the problem, in uh, 2016, NASA decided to turn to the public, the general public, and they said, design us. I mean, clearly, up until this point, we can really see that, that NASA is not coming up with good stuff here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how can we solve this problem? So that NASA made the Space Poop Challenge, is what they called it, in no, 2016. They yes, they did. The idea here, they, they wanted to create, you had to create, a fecal, urine, and menstrual management system uh, that could sustain the astronauts' bodily expulsions comfortably for 144 hours. Uh, so that's, that's oh, six days. Oh, man. But, yeah. this, and this is amazing. This, this is funny because why, why 144 hours? Why was this chosen? And so uh, it's not really clear right? why. But uh, um, So we have um, Uncle John's Bathroom Reader, which you've probably seen published I on today. I found out sometime. Very enjoyable yeah, stuff. So, yeah, we don't put them on the on the YouTube channel. I've never asked if they'd be okay with that. So I, I but I'm I'm sure they wouldn't care. But um, but yeah, so we we put them on there. And their their theory on this, they had a funny theory. They actually had an article on this one. Uh, the hypothesis was that twelve dozen hours. Yeah, and so another word for a dozen is gross. I have to disagree here, because a dozen is twelve. A gross is one hundred and forty-four. It's twelve, twelve, twelve dozen. Yeah, twelve, twelve dozen gross. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The the great gross. No, that's a great gross is 1,728. Oh, is it? It is. Because I was, I, because oh. of course, this is what I paid attention to in maths at school because it's called a gross. You know, like, <laughs> um, so I, I, I looked this up and I was not proven r- wrong. You once. are correct. You I, I are know, correct. It's basically a miracle because normally when this happens, it's like, oh, look, Damon was right. Today, though, but a boom. <laughs> yeah, they were there. So it is the it is the great gross. And so Uncle John's, they missed out on the on the better. A great You're gross, welcome, not just a gross. <laughs> Keeping <Yeah>. everyone honest. <laughs> yeah, and this is what I this is what I thought was isn't that isn't that like the 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 great gross. But yeah, there you go, Simon. There you go. Fact machine. And then uh, uh, my comment on this on the side of our document was that would be a really great gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Makes room shot sound. <laughs> yeah. Either way, so we have the, perhaps they were thinking of the gross thing, but perhaps not. Who knows, really? But the point being, the overarching guidelines, so you need to have uh, urine, fecal matter, menstrual fluids. They had to, had to, this system, whatever you come up with, has to come up with that. And it has to be easily operated in the zero gravity conditions. Um, and, key, using the bulky gloves, which the spacesuits, at least the current spacesuits, really bulky gloves, really hard to do fine, you know, mm-hmm. motor work. So it has to be usable in that condition. And uh, so, yeah, they, they just wanted to see what people would come up with. And the, the prize, $15,000 for first prize, 10000 for second, 5000 for third prize. That's a, that's a pretty good prize. And they gave them about two and a half months to, to come up with the, the thing. They ended up with over 5,000 submissions. And the first prize is actually pretty brilliant. Um, and it was uh, made by one is an Air Force flight surgeon, Colonel Thatcher Carden. Wow. And uh, yeah, he called it the Mace's Perennial Access and Toileting System. Okay. And this is a really like way better than anything NASA's ever come up with on on spacesuit stuff. So he's okay. he's basically created uh, what essentially amounts to uh, an airlock 
in the in the crotch area right so it's just an airlock and so what he's thinking here he was inspired by he's a surgeon of course and he the keyhole surgeries which is those like minimally invasive ones where they those are make so the cool. Yeah, where they make the tiny incision and then they put the stuff up and they go maybe throughout the body somewhere and then they do the surgery without actually, you know, really opening the person up. So this was kind of what he was thinking when he created this, the inspiration. And so he's 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 looking at this. And so he is thinking, all right, so we'll do the airlock right there and we'll do a similar sort of system where you can insert these tools into the airlock and then uh, without, you know, depressurizing. And and, uh, and yeah, and there's various tools he came up with that would that would do this. And so the, the general uh, thing here, so for the... Um, the pooping. He would have the inflatable bedpan that he was just this thing that you would insert uh, deflated. And then once it was in, you could use it was a squeeze bowl uh, valve thing that would then okay. inflate it once yeah. it was, you know, in the right spot. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Really uh, sounds complicated. Yeah. And so then he yeah, has a vacuum hose to suck the waste out of oh. the bedpan. Then uh, then once the once the, the deed was done, uh, they would, you know, deflate it and pull it back out. And then so what the the the, uh, the, uh, the 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 wiping. Yeah, so he did. He had another tool for you, sort of a bidet-like uh, tool where they put it in, spray around, and then you can, and then he had a separate tool again, uh, this one, another tool that would go in and it has like a terry cloth. It also has suction and it also has terry cloth uh, thing and you would just kind of wipe around after you've washed. And uh, yeah, then uh, then and then this is a genius because, okay, now you have this, this soiled terry cloth thing. So what are you going to do? Just pull it out and it's going to go through the valve and everything? No. No, instead, it has a separate pull system where you pull out from the center and then it ends up sort of inverting it like turning a sock inside out uh, so now the terry cloth thing is inside out so all the waste stuff is inside and then you pull it out and then you have a nice clean clean thing and he also had the way he also designed some underwear that would go in so you could change your underwear without actually having to get out of the suit so he designed special underwear for this uh, using the airlock system uh, and for peeing for peeing it was used a, a vacuum hose uh, okay. so basically this little thing insert for a man it was you know man and woman is different shape but uh, appropriate end and then you just pee and then again you could also use the bidet tool afterwards if you wanted to just sort of clean up everything around there and you know all that and yeah this was his system that he came up with and it uh, his prototype you can actually go see uh, if you you know google nasa's space poop challenge webpage and then just go look, go to the webpage you can see his prototype it looks pretty snazzy like it's a nice this was this was a very professionally done little little prototype you know what's most amazing about this NASA got this at an absolute steal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they did have thousand dollars, and it's crowdsourced. Yeah. That's just the prize. It's not like this guy had to win. They had to do. They had second and third prize, so it amounted to thirty thousand. And of course, there is the time to actually process through the five thousand submissions and come up with the winner. But you know, yeah, this is still a steal of a deal compared to what they would normally do, and way better than anything they've come up with. Whenever I hear about military spending or whatever, it's like they spend like four hundred thousand dollars on a screwdriver. Yeah, yeah. And this this is actually kind of a funny thing. So NASA used to do one of the one of the ways like the SpaceX and stuff comes up with making stuff a lot cheaper was back then, like the manufacturing of a lot of things. So yeah, you had like so. these nuts, yeah, the nuts and bolts. It wasn't quite as consistent. And like now everything's computerized and everything. You get these bolts that are that are very super high quality yeah. compared to back then. So NASA would have to spend just insane amounts of money for a bolt, you know, a bolt, a single bolt. And so this was, you know, massively uh, ramping up the the price of things. And it's just because they needed to make sure it was a really good quality bolt. So it had to be, you know, put through all this testing and extra mm -hmm. manufacturing stuff. So they kind of had to custom order these sorts of things. And so SpaceX, sort of one of their arguments was now the manufacturing today is so much better. So a lot of the stuff that we used to have to spend and get these special things, like you can just go to like the hardware store and get one that's good enough. Of course, yeah. Um, and then, of course, and this through is testing. What Musk and so is doing, right? 
this is why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, of course, this also, you know, when you do that, you have to go through and make certify to make sure this is actually the case and not just uh, we think it's probably better. Yeah. So there is that. But but this ends up being a lot of savings that they have made through this just this way. It's just like, yeah, manufacturing way better now that everything's computerized and everything uh, very consistent. So we can save some money this way. So you don't want to go for like your Tesco value bolts. So. You know, yeah, yeah. But this, this was, this was one of the things why you know stuff back, you know, like when they say like, yeah, this bolt costs three hundred dollars. It's like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, it's not know, as yeah. ridiculous. I, I know this. I was kind yeah. of just yeah. messing around, yeah. but I, and I, sometimes, I was familiar with the. It's not that yeah. bad. Yeah, sometimes they also they're rolling in all the man hours that go into things, mm-hmm. so it sounds like oh, this toilet costs thirty million dollars to develop, and it's like yeah. yeah, there's a lot of you know engineers working on it and getting so it's not really like the you know that's where a lot of the cost comes. But anyways. Yes, yeah, so this this was the system he came up with, this Colonel Thatcher Carden, and it's, a, it's quite ingenious, better than uh, anything for spacesuits anyway that NASA had ever come up with. And it will allow not just 144 days, these, you could just stay in your spacesuit for quite a long time and be perfectly happy there. I would still hold it. Yeah, That'd well, this like, is the thing. I can One of the it. things the Apollo the Apollo astronauts would sometimes do is they would they would, you know... Uh, try to eat less rations, like not eat everything they were supposed to because it was so unpleasant and experience. Go yeah. to the bathroom in space. They were like, no, but but the problem is, is some of the just the physiological stuff of when you go to space, like the the way your kidneys react to things and the water in your body, you end up having to pee a lot more and stuff like this. So that's just kind of forced. But the, the pooping, they can at least control a little bit more. I mean, you're still going to poop more, but uh, but you can at least if you just don't eat a lot, that can help. I'd be like. Wait, does fiber slow you down or speed you up? Uh, speed you up. What's the opposite of fiber? Uh, I don't know. Like Whatever the opposite of fiber is, I'd be on that. <laughs> like like processed pasta, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. I'd like be getting this. all the pasta. It'd just be like, yeah. I'm, I'm just eating that. Well, they had uh, the, so the, I, I don't know if the Americans do it, but the, the Russians do on the uh, soas. So, Soyas, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah, okay. I think so. Yeah, so I'll go with that. Uh, the theirs they do before their missions. They actually give all the astronauts enemas to kind of clean them out, and oh, so this that sounds dela- equally unpleasant. Yeah, not super <laughs> awesome, but you know, they uh, at least delays. I mean, they do actually. It's one of the things that the so as the their module actually does have a bathroom in it. Get in here, Vasily. It's time for your enema before you go to space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they I, I don't know if the American uh, astronauts do that or not, but um, I mean, I think yeah. I mean, if you didn't. Good delay, not you know going to poop in space. That might be all right, but the uh, the yeah the 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 SOAS actually has a bathroom in it, unlike the American capsules back then. You know oh, really? they 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 put one uh, in there, but it's just it's rarely used yeah, anymore how long because that's thing for. It's not long. Uh, yeah, not not long, and that's why it's. I mean, they can be for a little while when they're going to dock with the ISS and stuff, mm-hmm. uh, but it's still not long enough with it. But combined with anima, they don't usually. I mean, they have to pee, but they don't have to. They don't have to poop. At least they can get around that problem. Uh, but it does have a it does have a bathroom in it, which we'll talk about in a little bit because it's almost uh, the same design as the space shuttle era, which now we're going to get into a little bit more modern systems. Which the space oh. shuttle, the SOAS, uh, and the ISS kind of all have a very similar system. Which going back to what you you guessed at was the was the yeah relying on some air pressure, some suction uh-huh. to, to make things happen. And this is this is for for males. The system uses a. Uh, plastic funnel it's just like a little you know few inch long funnel and uh yeah and you kind of just aim for the entrance so as one of the nasa trainers scott weinstein uh says we do not want men docking yeah because (laughs) the the suction there's no relief relief you know what men don't want docking either they really yeah no they want it more they want it less than you scott (laughs) yeah yeah and this is uh so this now for the women 
The women, uh-huh. the, the female system is a little bit different. It is designed to go directly against the skin. And in this case, they put little vents on, in, the, in the little cup-like shaped thing. Okay. And I, was, I, was, I could not find, why don't they do that with the male one? Like, why isn't this a thing? Uh, and I, I was like, is this something they used to not do? And then eventually, like when women started going to space and they're like, hey, let's put some holes in it. Like, and that'll work. You still got the suction pulling stuff in. But I was, I don't know. Uh, I was thinking maybe like maybe if your penis got like sucked too far in, then it would plug the vent holes. And then maybe that's a problem. So it's not quite an issue there with the women. I don't know. This, this was what my first thought was that, you know, because we've already got some of the equipment, it's a slightly different they could still do it, right? Just yeah, I say, or maybe like, and so in that case, they would have to put the vent holes really far down, and then maybe they were worried about like splatter or something. But it seems like that could be worked around yeah. too, because you do have the suction, and you could put little like angled, angled, uh, you know, things that come down inside. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. this this sounds like a. <laughs> I don't know why I know about this. I think it came up when I was on a really long bus ride sometime, and there wasn't a toilet on the bus. It's called a a shiwi. Are you familiar with this mm-hmm. device? Mm-mm, no, it's uh, essentially it sounds like this sort of cupping thing that mm-hmm. a woman can wear that's basically takes so you pee into this kind of cup thing which you press against mm-hmm. yourself as a woman and it puts it out mm-hmm. a spout so you can pee standing up like a man mm-hmm, so like mm-hmm. if you're like a weird toilet that you don't want to use or if you want to pee at the side of the road um, yeah you can uh it is there's a, a legitimate device called a shiwi which uh, you know allows for this, this the funny thing about this is yeah. this is one of one of the articles I was researching, and I had no clue. This is a lost skill with women. Women used to be able to pee standing up. It was a really? skill that you just practiced, and there's a certain way you do it. And I, I was looking. Apparently, the gypsies still use it sometimes. But they 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 uh they, this was uh this was actually where I came across this, and they were talking about it. It's just something mothers would teach their daughters, and at a certain point in history or in the in the 20th century, it just stopped being taught. To, and it's basically now, if you wanted to, uh, the, the general procedure for, for those, okay, you go. know, 12% <laughs> of women listening is to basically take your two fingers, spread apart the lips, pull back, pull back and up, you know, back and up. I love that you know about this in such depth. I guess because <laughs> I, I, was, I was quite fascinated. I was like, you're kidding me. Like, this is the thing women, you know, complain about, like when you're going camping or something. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you have to squat and then it's hard to, you know, don't want to get pee on your underwear or whatever. It's like, it's not a good time. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so. Yeah, and you're camping, so you can't exactly go take a bath or whatever. And this is just the only thing that I can that I feel like it's slightly familiar to is the difficulty of like when you are uh, going to number two in the nature, and yeah. you're going to pee yeah. on your your trousers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And this is this is the problem. And apparently, it used to be like a, in the in the old west, they were the the women would would just kind of off the wagon, you know, yeah. in this way, uh, rather than squatting, they would do this little thing, and it is something that apparently. It, uh, according, I was reading this transcript of someone who was uh, a woman who was talking about it and her, she learned about it. And then she was talking about like the general procedure and she yeah. was talking about her practicing and she practiced in the shower just, and she said yeah. after a while she got it down. It took, it took practice. It was not something that just like you just do. Um, you yeah. don't want to just try it all willy nilly out in the woods. You're going <laughs> to pee all over yourself. Just first time. I'm going to use that urinal. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, so yeah, she, she said after some practice and now she's quite happy in the woods when she's going camping is because she can do this without getting pee all over herself but of course you know you still want to have a little toilet paper for wiping and stuff but uh that's yeah, great it's pretty pretty funny a uh, little aside that i i don't know i don't even remember what article this come up in it was a long time ago um but it's in it's in buried in the archives if people want to google today i found out like women being standing up i'm sure it's there
Okay, so uh, now that should we get back to poo? Yeah. Uh, speaking of the archives, though, there was this one part. There was this one part, and I couldn't find it anywhere. Is okay. where I, uh, it's some bonus fact. I know it's there somewhere, and today I found out I could not find it. Where okay. we talk about an incident with the suction problem with in the lem. And I, I don't know, usually I'm really good at Googling this sort of thing. And I know exactly, you know, I've spent hours and hours on each of the articles. And, you know, you, it's kind of in your brain vaguely. And I know this was a bonus fact somewhere where we talked about the exact system and, and, and an incident with the, with the pressurization problem uh, with getting stuck. But I couldn't find it. So anyways, back to the, the uh, in the sort of the space mm-hmm. shuttle and the ISS. So they have, uh, they all kind of have, as I said, a similar system. So this this funnel is attached to a tube, which then has some suction, as we said, and it sort of just sucks stuff out. But, uh, you know, even like going back to the Apollo 9, because as we mentioned before, well, they did have the weird bagged poop system. And they did, they did in the Apollo missions, they did have the suction uh, thing, as we mentioned briefly, where uh, kind of a similar thing that they would eject from space. And I think that's in the movie Apollo 13, they show that. You know, um, they show the little constellation Orion. I think he says. Yeah, uh, and, and it little freezes. Uh, that was cool. Yeah, and the, actually the Apollo 9 astronaut Rusty Schweikart, mm-hmm. uh, he noted, he noted of this. The most beautiful sight in orbit, or one of the most beautiful sights, is a urine dump at sunset. Yeah, so this this is what they did with the pee after they were done. In the ISS, it's a little different. In the ISS, they actually keep the pee and they put it in a central tank and then they boil it off and take the va- collect the vapor. And I mean, obviously, they're staying up there longer. Any water they can recover to use for drinking or whatever is good. Yeah, so they and they have a, like a whole filtration system. And they also they pull the water out of the air because when you're just breathing, you're you're expelling quite a bit of water just in your breath. Oh yeah, um, which, I mean, you go camping and you're inside a tent. Yeah, and you see it all. Yeah, exactly. So they they also collect this water. They mix it all together. They purify filter and all that and then the, the astronauts get to drink it and it's you know it's quite clean at that point <laughs> it's quite <laughs> clean <laughs> yeah it's not perfect Uh-oh. it's still a little bit yellow so yeah for, pretty much for the for the men you just you just want to avoid the whole the whole getting yes. sucked in issue but uh speaking of getting sucked in though in the on the other side of things with the with the space shuttle once they moved beyond the bag system uh they do have they have a bowl and it has suction but in this case you yeah, actually want a good uh, they have a, a toilet bowl. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. So it's like a that big thing, nice but comparatively, yeah. But mm. it's it's actually still not nice because it's a really hard thing to do, and it gets it gets kind of worse, as we'll say. Oh, so the the of course it does. <laughs> yeah. So so you have the bowl as suction. You have to you need a good seal, you know. Yeah. But the problem okay. is like how do you, how do you get a good seal when you're when you're floating around in space? You know, you're in free fall around the Earth the whole time. So how do you do, how do you do this? And so they actually train for this. And in the training and in the thing, just uh-huh. to make sure you get a good seal before you go, uh-huh. they have, so they have like a foot straps and, and little thigh braces Strap and stuff. So you can, so you can kind of just get yourself. But then on top of that, you need to see that you got a good seal first before you start going. So they also have a camera oh, the, in the toilet so you can see what's going on down there. Wow, uh, make sure everything's working. Right. Yeah. And so in the, they do this in the training too. Obviously in the training unit, you don't actually go to the bathroom, but you do practice this a lot. Um, to, to make sure you get it right because you know it gets pretty messy if you if you don't know what you're doing like if they were just send them up there and be like yeah figure it out um, this is a, <laughs> they're just like this is a little bit awkward but uh yeah so, so they have a they have a toilet positional trainer practice unit which they use and yeah we got a video camera the whole thing and yeah so this this is this is the procedure now astronauts still hate it um it's not it's not a good time to go to the bathroom but there's some some of them have fun with the going to the bathroom like astronaut story Mus- musgrave he noted that he prefers to uh, he preferred to pee upside down stating don't just use the bathroom like you would on the ground take advantage of being weightless and try out some new things 
helpful advice for all aspiring astronauts their story <laughs> yeah because well, it was funny because i can't remember the other astronaut was talking about this that he was telling this too he was uh yeah. he was noting that he would like look over and so they had like a, they have like a little curtain that you can pull so you can go to the bathroom you know and not really privacy but at least no one's looking at you and so he would like see story musgraves his he would his like socks would be up in the air like above the curtains and he'd be like, you're, are you upside down and well, he's I was just gonna like yeah, ask, like is there have a- fun with this is there an upside down in space? Like, I mean, I, but you can you know, sort of orient it you know, com- compared to the toilet. You're upside yeah. down, you know, or the, the I should say in this case, the little suction tube thing. I've got maybe a little follow up for next time. Yeah. This might be another one of those like, you know, it's like space dementia. It's not a real thing as we talked about in the last episode. Yeah. But yeah. like I, I read somewhere and this is just, you know, vague memory, probably wrong, Simon speaking here. But then mm-hmm. if you're on the ISS, and like you're floating through space and it's been a while, you know, you've been going about your business or whatever. And you're like, this is the floor. This is the ceiling. This is the floor. This is the ceiling. Like that's your mm-hmm. orientation. And then you come across someone else who's just happily working, but they're upside down. Apparently this can like be a, a difficult mental thing to process. Like people are like, but uh, what, how? And it can mm-hmm. be a problem for astronauts yeah. that they don't know what's up. I could, I could see that. I mean, in some of the units, I... Imagine like the computer screens are oriented a certain way yeah. and stuff. But then, yeah, like in, <laughs> and then in, the other astronauts just, just like, it's just a prank, bro. <laughs> yeah. It's, we're all just free falling around space or on the earth. So I like that guy take advantage of being weightless and try some new things out. Like, well, that's what, he was, often that, what I like to do. Like I experiment when peeing. <laughs> yeah. The, the other astronaut was totally just like, why, why is your socks up in the air? <laughs> like why, what's happening it's here? It's just and a prank, bro. <laughs> Yeah, but with it with the pooping, they don't have that quite option. They have to get a good seal. They turn mm-hmm. it on. They go, and then uh, and I should also mention they have the bags. It's like a, they don't actually expel it into space because they don't want flying poop around the Earth. I mean, wait, that's supposed. Wait, when did we start caring about space debris? Well, it, in this case, it's mostly water too. Like, mm-hmm. what, what is it, like eighty percent water or something yeah. like that? So so it wouldn't be. I mean, it would quickly evaporate off, and then you just have this little dried out, you know, whatever dust, space Pellet. dust. But yeah, they do, they still don't, and so they bag it. They have this like little. They have these fabric bags now, though, not plastic. Uh, so and and so basically, they go poop in the thing, and then they twist off the bag. It sucks into yeah. the bag. That's a fabric bag, so it's almost like a vacuum cleaner. You know, some of those like the HEPA filter like type systems, yeah, yeah, yeah. vacuum cleaners. So it goes, and so the that's why they're fabric, so the air can kind of suck through. And then so they'll twist it off, you know, to tie it, and then they remove it, and then they they store it basically uh, at that point. So that that is how they do it. Um, and it's not, it's not, storing your poop in bags is not something any astronaut seems to enjoy. No. I, it's understandable. Do they suck the water out of it and then recycle that? Or is that just, that's water no, lost? I, no, I don't, I don't think they do in that case, which, I mean, they could, they could. A lot of water there. I think they did it in that movie with Matt Damon. Um, yeah, well, he used it for the bacteria to get the soil bacteria that needed to grow the... Right, there was no, when he had it, it was all super dry when he was taking out of those bags. Yeah, that was, that was. I mean, I guess it's like dust. that's to get rid of the moisture and then they vacuum packed it to, I assume, make it so they don't have the exploding problem if they even thought about it at all. In the But that book, the book it was based on, he thought about this sort of thing a lot. So Dude, I'm that sure. that's amazing. I have not read the book, but I know, I know transcripts and stuff. I've read little snippets and he definitely seems to have done his homework. So that is probably what he was thinking if that part is mentioned. Yeah, um, he's got a new book out, which I've been meaning to read. Really? Artemis or something. Um, yeah. yeah, I've seen it in bookstores. Uh, what's the name of that book? It's not Mission to Mars. That's that movie. Um, mm-hmm. The Martian. By don't remember his name, but great, yeah. great. The books self-published. I think you right? really love the book. It really gets into detail. Yeah, that was a self-published book, right? Initially. Initially, I'm yeah. Sure. Well, it was a blog initially, wasn't it? Oh, I don't know. 
I think it, I think he wrote it like one thing a month, like a chapter or something, and then he published it all as a book, and mm -hmm. and then it became a huge thing. So uh, so now in the ISS and the others, they do they do have some like if you're wondering, they do have toilet paper, and they have uh, they don't they don't use the bidet because obviously that, that would get water everywhere. Um, but I don't know if you're sealed. I guess they could they could have used it, but then it's a waste of water probably for what they're you know water is very valuable in that context so yeah they also have gloves and disinfectant wipes because things sometimes do not go as planned as uh, another uh, so captain sunita williams noted um the number one stuff can really get all over the place if you don't aim correctly so and sometimes that happens sometimes or sometimes they even have they've had uh, you know toilet malfunctions where the toilet just stops working right and mm -hmm. they gotta like you know clean it or try to fix it in flight and that doesn't always work and sometimes uh, yeah so they've had issues over the over the years and uh, yeah, so they have gloves and disinfectant wipes just in case. But but uh, good, there's good news on the horizon besides that uh, besides that Colonel Thatcher Cardin's system mm -hmm. for the for the spacesuit, which is now mm -hmm. a superior thing. Uh, NASA is also currently working on, and I believe it's probably almost done by at this point because they're they're planning to de debut it uh, later this year on the ISS. I'm with bated breath. Am I waiting for this? <laughs> the new universal waste management system. Uh, and it's basically, it's very similar to the other systems. However, it's much more compact and supposedly, however they've designed it, I'm not, it's not clear at this point. Uh, it's a lot nicer to use, apparently. Okay. A little more comfortable to use and smaller because they want a small weight because you're know, sending stuff to Mars is expensive. That's something your astronauts will look forward to. I'm sure. Yeah. Never, never did I think I would have such a lengthy conversation about astronauts. Uh, doing their business in space and practicing on the ground with cameras, I uh, assume looking yeah. at their own butts. Uh, yeah, and, and see the stuff, yeah. And keyhole surgery applied to long-term pooping in a spacesuit solutions. Yeah. This is a weird one. This is a weird one. Um, anything else? No, I think I think that's uh, that's everything for this one. Let me wrap it up then. Thank you, everybody, for listening. As always, leave us a review. Uh, iTunes Podcast Addict. I can only ever remember Podcast Addict because that's the one I used to have on my Android phone. But I know there are more mm -hmm. popular ones and all of this. Yeah, you stuff. got Cast Castbox is huge. Castbox, um, yes, um, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, and now Google Podcasts, which is Podcast. I think the best of them all. I mean, which is isn't saying that much, but it is actually seem it seems like it's a pretty good one in the limited use I've had of it so far. It seems quite good, um, definitely compared to the others. Leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Any platform you like. Uh, also drop us an email, podcast at todayafoundout.com or uh, say hi on Twitter, hashtag Brain Food Show. I'm becoming a better podcaster with time, getting my plugs in. All right. See you all uh, in the next episode. I think we conti we're continuing our space series. There's one oh, more, yeah. Right? For, 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 oh, there's more than one more. Ooh, there's so jolly good. I yeah, like there's this. A, I like there's this. There's a few more. And we actually, to be honest, the our initial initial plan I drew up for it was this outline that would have been 30 or 40 episodes probably then we would become the space show yeah let's just let's just cap it at probably gonna be five to seven wow for this this time we around still are becoming the space show yeah it's but you know it'll only last a few weeks and then we'll move on to something else but it'll be like that and then we'll move on to something else and then someday we'll circle back around and do some more interesting space stuff because it's always fun i love it uh i even love talking about astronauts pooping in space today all right until next time A bold but otherwise fine tactic in the Who Smelt It Deltic game. <laughs>